episode 11 get out of here satan what up everybody special night tonight we got my boy nick back in the house also got my boy remo in the house and last but not least pastor ralph in the building yes sir big night tonight boys we got we've been preaching community we've been preaching fellowship and tonight i just hope that that god can use us in a powerful way to spread his love and to spread his message to anyone that's listening so as usual we're going to start off with a quick moment of prayer so just close your eyes and bow your heads Dear God, dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this day. Thank you for this time in your presence, God. We just lift up your name in praise, giving you nothing but honor and glory, God. I pray that at this moment you would open our hearts, God, and we welcome the Holy Spirit in. We ask that you would use this as a vessel, God, to spread your love, to spread your message, and to spread your truth, God. I pray that this message would impact somebody in a way that makes them want to seek after you, God. I pray that this would be a life-changing message, God. I just pray the Spirit would use us only to glorify your name, not to bring anything to us, God. Pray love over whoever's listening. I pray that, God, you would just, just take over this time and we would truly surrender to you. In your almighty name we pray, God. Amen. All right, so tonight we got a, a pretty cool topic. We're going to talk about discipleship, you know, and kind of all sides of that, of that word. And a little definition I got right here is just talking about Christian discipleship is a relationship with a master teacher, following them and adhering to their way of life because their teaching shapes your own worldview. So basically, it's, it could be like a mentor or someone you kind of you look up to and you say, that's the faith I want to have. I want to know how they got to where they're at. So you walk alongside them and together your goal is to run after Jesus. And when you look to your side, you're right next to each other, you know, so. I know me personally, bro, I've had multiple people come into my life and disciple me to move me to grow closer to God. And, and pretty much all three of them are here. And it's so cool because then I I think God did that so that then I could spread that love to Remo, you know, like like it started with Nick. And then I, I met Chris and then I met Ralph. And those three men have had a huge impact in my walk of faith, you know. And every day I, I want to be like Jesus, but I also want to learn more from my brothers in Christ, you know. And that's such a cool thing because then it takes me to the verse Matthew 28 and it's 19 through 20 and it says therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am always with you to the very end of the age so he tells us bro to go out make disciples we were called to learn the faith to get to know the faith of, of Jesus Christ and build that relationship but then not just keep it to ourselves. we go out and spread that love that was given to us you know in the hopes that whoever we come into contact with would have a shot at getting to know Jesus of getting to know the peace and the love and and just the glory that his name is you know and, and I know for me like when I met Nick I could just see something on him I could feel the the presence of God through him the way he loved the way he talked to people the way he just just his presence was was different than I had seen before. And I meet Chris and and, and Chris starts walking me through a, a, a walk of faith, you know what I'm saying? And then through growing closer in the church, me and Ralph get connected. And through all that, it starts to impact my life in a way that Remo reaches out to me and is like, bro, what's up? You know what I'm saying? And then that began his walk of faith, you know? So through the obedience of these three people with me here and also obedience of Remo to just give it a try, you know what I'm saying? Look at the life change we've seen now. And that's just kind of what we want to talk about tonight. The the hard love, the tough love we got to have for those we disciple and also just the genuine love that, that only God can give us, you know what I'm saying? So that's where we're going to go with it tonight. 
Pastor Ralph. Dang, that's uh, that's pressure. Pointed out first, but like, I feel like when you talk discipleship, you can go many different ways, and like we want to talk um, tough love. I think the first thing we talk about is just one is just being true, being you, right? Is I feel like a lot of people want to be disciples or want to disciple others, but they don't. They're not necessarily true in the word, you know, and it's easy to 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 know the word like knowledge of the word is i think i think that part is easy but it's putting that word in and practice that's the challenging part because we gotta be able to hold ourselves and then when times are coming like when tough times come like we gotta stand on the faith we gotta stand on the things that we believe in i think the dopest thing to understand is like how Jesus communicated with the disciples as he was teaching them, right? And then we see it because of how Jesus even communicated with the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees were always trying Jesus, constantly trying Jesus. And their job, like, they studied the word from birth, basically. Probably, I mean, not, I'm just theoretically, theorizing, like, but they didn't, their job, their lifestyle was knowing the word, and their version of their version of discipleship was knowing the word and and teaching people to continuously know what the verses are and stand on those verses and then those verses well it's supposed to be like this it's supposed to be like that and then when Jesus came and Jesus was like nah like this is what Jesus like this is what God really wants God wants that relationship so when you're looking at disciples and it says go out first it says be freshers of men and then it says go out and and make disciples. I think when it says make disciples, that's our truest. That's our first, right? Because our walk is our ministry. Every single one of us has a ministry. So if our walk is off or we don't know if our walk is off, we think, you know what? My walk is off. I'm not going to have the confidence to stand in what God is saying or what God is telling me. Right. So the part of the discipleship, like you mentioned earlier, was the obedience. We all are being discipled and discipling at the same time because you never know who's watching you. bro. And then on top of that, you just never know who has it, like whose ear you have. You know what I mean? So there's more to it. But. Yeah, just. um, I feel like uh, to me, discipleship is pretty much being someone for someone else that someone was for me um i feel like you know being in a hopeless state having nowhere to turn and not really finding any joy any peace any comfortability and things of the world and um having someone that you meet that has all the things that you're seeking for but they don't venture in sex they don't venture in drugs they don't venture in all these different things that i'm looking and seeking joy in and then that person sharing with me that the only reason they're are full and content is because of jesus christ and what he did and because of who he is and because another man loved them when they couldn't love their own self you know that to me is what discipleship is is giving something to someone that i've received and just continuing to teach people or not teach people but just giving love to someone who um who has never really been loved for everything that they really are and being something to someone that no one else has been to them. 
I feel like I can't give something that I don't have. So if I've never really received the true love of God and I've never really had someone love me when I couldn't love myself, then I'll never be able to do that for anybody else. And um, I feel like it's like a ripple effect because once I'm able to help someone and love them when they can't love themselves and I teach them the only reason that I can love them is because of how God loves me. Um, that in turn, when that person, you know, later time progresses, they're able to, you know, help others. And I feel like it's a continuated cycle. But kind of how Ralph was saying, it's not just like me sharing my experiences and things like that. I feel like discipleship is so much further because, yeah, we don't know who's watching us. We don't know who's doing that, right? Someone could be envious of us in, in good ways, not bad ways, but just like the way we walk, like the way we dress, like who we are, like our personality. And when they see us slip or maybe not carry ourselves accordingly, you know, it's, it can speak more volume than the good actions that we try our best to. Um, I feel like we maybe can overlook that someone who's a new Christ follower, someone who's given church a chance, they don't have that same unjudged. They're, they're not as unjudgmental as we may be because they haven't really received God's love yet and really understood that they're not being judged as harshly because they're God's child, right? They're still judgmental. They're still persecution. There's still all these different things because they're not in the level that we are. So I feel like, yeah, it's a good blend of realizing the accountability that comes with being that I know somewhere in the Bible, it talks about like teachers will be judged harder um, because, you know, we're telling people what God says. We're telling people what's right and we're telling people what's wrong. So I just know, you know, it's one thing to teach, but it's another thing to walk it. And uh, we literally were checking out tonight and learning about um, in comparison to like when you're listening to a sermon, it's kind of like being in a football huddle. And then once you get out of the sermon, it's like time to, you know, apply and time to get into the game and apply whatever you learned in the sermon. Because, you know, anybody could get in the huddle and hear it play. But what are you going to do, you know, when it's crunch time and you're playing against a, you know, a beast? Um, you know, it's pretty much what the devil is, is, a beast. So when you're playing against them, how are you going to do? So it's all about, you know, application and action. And just remember, you're always being watched. And um, I guess just remembering what you do behind closed doors is maybe more important than what you do in front of open doors. Just want to start by saying grateful to be here. What better way to talk about discipleship than with my fellow disciples, you know? But um, I feel like when it comes to discipleship, you know, whether you discipled yourself on your own journey and just reading the word and just trusting God or you had someone disciple you, I mean, you'd truly just be selfish if you kept all that information that you've been taught, you know, all the walk of life and all the practice that people taught you to yourself. You know, to be a true disciple, you have to not only get your cup filled, but also pour into other people, you know. And um, it's not just about the word. It's not just being a Bible nerd, you know what I'm saying? Like, of course, that's huge because you could defend your faith. But unless you walk in what you're talking, it don't matter, you know. <clears throat> but, um... Yeah, with discipleship, I mean, it's changed my life. Like Wally said, and it's just, if everybody's doing what they have to do, it's just a huge domino effect. You know, people poured into Wally, Wally poured into me, now it's my turn to pour into other people and just keep it going and going and going to continue building up God's kingdom. And um, I'm still learning myself, you know. there's You can never be a perfect disciple because that's not, that's not the goal. We said last time, progress, not perfection. You know, you could still apply that to here you're gonna continue growing and learning and every time you learn something new or you mess up, you're gonna talk to your fellow disciples, so shout out TC. <laughs> but you're gonna, you know, learn yourself and pour them same mistakes that you skipped because someone else taught you to the next person on. So it's it's huge, man. That domino effect is is real important to be a selfless disciple.
Hell yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate all the boys coming out today. I'll say like, uh, honestly, for me, discipleship, as far as it's been carried out in my life, is that my discipleship comes with me at work, comes with me at the gym, it comes with me, you know, everywhere that I go. Um, you know, I I heard this story one time about this dude, and he said he was like brand new to the faith. He said he was driving down the road, and he was praying. He said a prayer to God, and uh, on the side of the road there was a uh, there was a dude on the side of the road, and he was he was like trying to catch a ride. You know, he was uh, what you call that? Where you put your thumb out, hitch. He was yeah. Hit, I, everyone, y'all, he was hitchhiking on on the side of the road, and uh, he said he's praying. He's like he don't he, just like new faith type prayers. What he said he was saying, and he said he picked this hitchhiker up, and he starts talking about. He said he felt it on his heart that he should talk about Jesus, and he said he started talking about Jesus, and the hitchhiker was like, "It's so crazy because I just said a prayer and I, I said, God, if you're real, send me one of your followers." And then this dude picked him up in the car. And I, I thought that was a crazy story. But what really was telling me is, like, God puts it on my heart when it's time for that, like, discipleship, you know. And he puts it, he, you know, God, only God can orchestrate such a perfect moment like that. You know, like, I mean, how many times you drive and you, you trying to pick up, like, you never trying to pitch up, pick up a hitchhiker, bro. We all know stranger danger. Like, you know what I'm saying? And for this dude to go out of his way, pick pick up a hitchhiker, and that hitchhiker is looking for Christ is is just so crazy, you know. For it all happen like that, you know, my for me like that, and that's how discipleship has been for me, you know. Talking with people at the gym about about Christ, you know, when when it comes onto my heart and stuff, and then honestly, it's the response that you get back that really it like grows my faith that I'm like Christ has to be doing works in the, in, in in this world, you know, because I'm seeing like where I go and I talk to somebody and they're like they say something back like I I just had it in the gym probably like four or five our last fast not this past one but the one before that I was fasting and I shared it, I think on an earlier podcast episode and then the dude the dude's in there and I'm talking with him about about fasting about Christ and he said it's so crazy because the day before his boy was telling him about doing this scripture reading basically and then the next day I was talking to him about Christ you know and it was just like God orchestrating right like God God knows when someone's ready and everything like that. You know, it's for me it's not necessarily shout out TC. For me it's not just necessarily, you know, in the church. It I try to bring it everywhere that I go. You know, and I I really do you know, I wear it on my sleeve, you know, like talking about it with people at work, you know, I work with a bunch of Christians and stuff like that. And then as far as people discipling me, it was I I was really new to the whole faith thing and I had some much older men uh you know guiding me into christ and i'm reading scripture i don't understand it like i'm open to the idea and everything like that but i don't really know know where to go and it's crazy because god like brought nick into my life during that whole time where I, I really wasn't caring for a good minute like a good year bro just like i'm just straight with knowing that there is a god and then i wanted to know the true god so i started reading scripture and then nick like comes into my life and it was like I don't know, it's so perfect, and then he really started teaching me, you know, ways of reading scripture and, like, all that other stuff, which, like, was so crucial, right? It it wasn't even so much him, like, pushing, like, a faith into me, but more of just, like, guiding me on that on that process because, you know, I know how I am, but I'll throw out the book if, if I can't get it, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, if, if I can't figure it out, oh, this is stupid, God, this isn't, this can't be the God, right? Something, something stupid, bro, but then God sends a disciple my way, and and it really just started, you know, it catapulted the faith, you know. 
discipleship is so crucial, I think, in the progression of Christianity, you know, it says in the Bible that the church is the body of Christ. So we're five men sitting out here. We all got the Holy Spirit. Right now, God's looking down. It says, and he says it's well-pleasing to him. And so right now, God's smiling down on the five of us, right? Because we're the body of Christ sitting out here, which is just a crazy thing to think about, you know. And it's crazy because we all were discipled by somebody here, which is just, that's crazy. But, you know, it's, it's definitely crucial. And it is so, it's so good for building the faith. Yeah, some, some I heard tonight. Actually, we we got the pl- the pleasure to hear from a uh, pastor Tony Evans, and what stood out to me was he said, "Um, we're called to be full time Christians, not part time saints." You know, so it's not just when it's convenient, or it's not just when it's gonna make us look good, or it's not when everyone's watching it. It's literally it's a full time job, you know, and it's more than that because full time job to most people is what forty hours a week. No, we're called we're called twenty four hours a day, bro to keep that faith in God because at the end of the day it's not about us it's about when we're faithful like we were talking about the other day or a few episodes ago when we're connected others are affected you know so every moment in the day that we choose ourselves and we don't choose the Holy Spirit like that's potentially people we miss you know that could we could pass by and not, we could miss that hitchhiker we could miss that person who comes into our place of work who comes into our our friend group you know and and needs the love of Jesus but because we're being selfish and we're choosing the flesh choosing what's going to please us instead of what truly honors God and brings glory to his name. Like that person may never get a chance to know Jesus, you know, and we can't carry that weight on our shoulders because by the grace of God, we've been forgiven, you know, for all our sins. And like Remo said, we're not called to be perfect, but we're called to try. And that's what discipleship is, bro. It's like, we're going to, we're going to come across people who might ask us about God. And the minute they ask that questions as believers, bro, we're going to, I get so excited. Anytime someone asks me something about God, bro, I could go on a rant for a minute, bro, just because I've truly seen the power that he is, bro, the power that he is in the way that he's moved in my life. And also so many people around me's lives, you know what I'm saying? Like all these men here have such powerful testimonies, you know, and seeing the life change the mental change, the spiritual change is truly only something that God can do, you know? Like, I remember way back when I first started getting involved at the church, like, this dude, he was like, yeah, I knew Wally before, so it's like, to see this dude now, like, that's something only God could do, because I truly don't have the power to make that change in my life. The only thing I can do is say that I'm powerless. I can only surrender to God and let him take the wheel, you know, because for a long time I had the knowledge of God. I, I knew I'd never doubted that there was a God out there just from a upbringing and, and also just tough times where I shouldn't have made it through. Like there was something protecting me, bro. There was something keeping me going. God is the thing that's going to carry you through those times that you can't walk, you know, and I've, I've seen it come true. But I still was so caught in myself that I didn't acknowledge it as like, OK, it's time to fully turn my life over like thank you it was more like thank you god for getting me through that now i'm gonna go back to what i was doing you know like those those prayers where it's like god if you just help me right now i promise i'll never do so and so again and that worked for a couple times but then the times when it didn't where's my faith at you know what i'm saying i didn't have no faith i didn't have no for no foundation you know what i'm saying to to progress from that point so it wasn't until i was beaten down into that place bro of submission of surrender that i truly opened my heart and opened my arms up to god and said whatever you have for me bro i guess i'm gonna give it a try because everything else I've, I've gone after hasn't worked out so by the grace of god you know he put the people in my life i needed and the people that i could relate to you know the people that 
I saw similarities in our story and I saw the way that God was carrying them through it. And I thought, you know what, if, if God could move in their life, why couldn't he move in mine? So I just started to try my best to, to be obedient, bro. Like I hadn't even opened up the word. I hadn't even really like had a real relationship or connection with God yet, but I was just trying. And through seeking God, I found God, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that's the work right there in the beginning. It's like, we got to seek God. We got to listen to those people that are telling us about their their experience with God. And we got to do what they're telling us to do. Because if not, we're going to see no results. You know, like like those little half measures, we're not going to get nothing, bro. We got to fully dive into this. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're one foot in, one foot out about God, bro, like he's going to make that foot out a little bit stronger until you're ready to turn it over to him. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what I'm so grateful for, bro. And, you know, like when I was in it, bro, those hard times. I never thought I would say I would be thankful for these times. But my mom, bro, even used to tell me, like, you know, there's going to be a moment where you look back on this time and just say, thank you, Jesus. And now I'm at that point, you know what I'm saying, where I'm like, man, I see the power, you know. I see the power in those times because that created my testimony. And then I use that testimony to go out and I spread the word. I spread the love, you know what I'm saying, because now I have this special qualification where I can connect with a certain type of people you know, really anybody, bro. I'm pretty open book. So whatever you're struggling with, bro, I could probably relate to it. Or at least I'm going to try my best to find somebody that can, you know. And that's that's the where the obedience comes into me is because it's like a lot of times, bro, I do want to be selfish. I don't necessarily want to always help somebody out. I don't always want to walk according to his will, you know what I'm saying? But, bro, that's what we're called to do, you know, because at that point, we're not just playing with our life. We're playing with someone else's life, you know. And God has given us this this position for a reason, and we got to use it. You know, like wherever you're at in life, you're there on purpose and for a purpose, and we're called to use that purpose. You know, God has given us the the strength and and the work the miracles in our life to still be here, and so we got to glorify Him through our action. You know what I'm saying? We glorify Him in our prayer and talking to Him and thanking Him and and reading our Bible, but also the biggest glory we can bring to Him is bringing more more of His kids back to His kingdom. You know. And that's the true beauty of discipleship. Like, you're potentially not just saving someone's physical life, someone's life on this earth, but you're giving giving them access to salvation, eternal life, you know? Like, we could potentially see these people we disciple in heaven, bro, forever. We'll forever be able to glorify his name in heaven. Just saying, holy, holy, holy. Uh, I got to say, I think one of the coolest things about God to me is he doesn't pick who's the most qualified. He doesn't pick who has the best stats, who's like the strongest, who's the smartest. He literally just picks who's ever willing. And like, that's so cool to me is because I constantly beat myself up and like, like how Wally and Chris were sharing about how I've shared with them. You know how unqualified I feel to talk about God and what God says and what God has done and different stuff like that because of the type of person I was. I've like... I lived such a vile and disgusting lifestyle before I found God that it's like I don't ever wish to close the door on it or regret my past or anything like that because it's helped shape me into the man I am today. But like because of the things I've done and the way that I've lived, I've always been like, dang, I am the most unqualified person for these particular things. And um, I've literally, you know, partied with people who are on the podcast with me and done different stuff and like. It's just crazy to know, like, God would choose, you know, we hear these stories in the Bible about some of the, one of the disciples being a murderer of Christians, another one 
you know, doing this, another one doing that, and all everybody just being bad people and being like the most disgusting people, but God chooses them to do the most world-changing things that be written in the Bible for the rest of history. And just knowing I can find relativity to being like just as as messed up of a person is that's the person in the Bible that God chose then. He still chooses us now um, just because we're willing and we just want to help because someone helped us. And like I said before, I think that's all discipleship is, is I'm never going to be qualified based on my standards. But for some reason, God sees something in me and in everyone here to choose them, to use them simply because they want to be used. And the funny thing about following God is he loves to use us even the days when we don't want to be used, when we just want to sit at the house and relax and chill. We get a phone call and someone needs help. And, you know, we just have learned we always have to place others before ourselves. Um, I've always learned the best way to get out of my problems is to help others with theirs. And somehow God always helps me with mine. And I think um, just service, you know, I'd say one of the biggest things that I've learned from being discipled and I try to help others when discipling is that service work is everything. Everything I do onto and for someone, I do onto and for myself. And just remembering that all I can control is my hands and my feet and my mouth. So if all I'm doing with my hands and my feet are, you know, actions of service. And the only thing I'm doing with my mouth is trying to speak uplifting, you know, and loving things. Even though I'm a clown and I'm a roast of boys and do stuff like that, just saying, like, if all I'm doing is encouraging and empowering to the best of my ability based on situation, then I just know that later on when I need that, I have brothers that I can lean on and that will do that for me. And I've learned probably the most important thing about being a, a new Christian and when you don't understand what the Bible's talking about, dude. It sounds like an episode of Game of Thrones. Or you don't know what the pastor's talking about. You don't know what the heck a Holy Spirit is. Is that a ghost? Is that something from Scooby-Doo? I don't know what that is. How is Jesus and God the same person? That makes no sense when all of that information is being poured into you, right? The only thing that stuck with me and that I had to remember and what it all started with was literally just praying for my food, saying thank you that I got food because somebody out there don't got none praying before I go to sleep and thanking God for that and just practicing gratitude and service and the amount of doors that were opened and the relationships that were brought to me, not on my whim, but on God's and things like that. He's prepared and placed every step in front of me before I even took the step and guided me as long as I tried my best to stay close to him. And just remembering that no matter how low times get, how hard times got or anything, literally the only strength I need is enough to lean on his which is something that may be hard to understand at first, but when you get to that low place and like I've been, and all you have is a, to ch a give God strength a chance, man, it'll change my change. My, it changed my life and it could change yours. That's good, bro. That's real. One of the first um, verses of discipleship I read was John thirteen thirty five. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And, like, when I first heard that, I was like, bro, that's easy. Like, it's so easy to love people, you know what I'm saying? Like, all you got to do is be nice. Like, that's all my, like, the first thing my mind thought. And, like, when I was first starting my walk of faith, I was real selfish. Like, all I wanted to do was just learn, learn, learn. I wanted people to teach me and tell me everything, explain everything to me. I really didn't want to do much of it on my own. Like, I didn't take the time to get in the Word or look up stuff and, like, figure out what stuff meant. But um, taking a positive from the negative, you know, I, I did end up learning all that stuff. And, you know, Ralph was helping me a lot with that stuff. And he was trying to instill in me, you know, the whole point of discipleship and just being a leader. 
and I, I wasn't going for it. You guys, Kim, I really wasn't going for it. I just didn't want to do it. I didn't feel like doing it. Like Nick said, I just felt so unqualified. I was like, bro, I don't know anything myself. How am I going to teach other people? And then on top of something that Nick said, you know, serving, I started serving at uh, something called United, which is basically with the kids, you know. And now um, I'm a leader of my own group of ninth grade boys, which is crazy. The boys crazy, but I love them. But um, it's taught me a lot that, um, well, for starters, your age means nothing when it comes to discipleship. You know, your knowledge means nothing. The biggest way to disciple people is just by being 100% genuine, you know, telling them your story and connecting with people. And like the Bible said, just loving people. And, um, you know, I'm still doing that to this day, just trying to, you know, the kid, the kids are like the next generation, you know, they're children of God, you know. There's a lot of crazy stuff in this world, a lot of uh, influences, you know, and at a young age, it's hard to discern between what's God and what's not. And I feel like, you know, that's our job to, um, as disciples, you know, to help them discern between those things and help them find the truth and uh, not only pour into them, but teach them how to pour into other people as well, the same way we were taught, you know. So, um it's crazy, like, it's real easy to overthink it and be like, oh, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to approach it. But, bro, when you pray to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit going to get you right every time. I promise you, before this podcast, I didn't have a word plan. Most of us didn't, we really didn't. We just let the Spirit ride. And um, a lot of words of wisdom coming out from the Spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I definitely remember, I remember that, like, it was yesterday, you know, the conversation we had, I think it wasn't just myself, but it was myself and Jim, like you had just started coming and we were just like, yo, we see these qualities in you. And I think that's super important, not just when you're being discipled, but when you are discipling others is meeting them where they're at, but seeing them how God sees them, right? Accepting them for, for who they are, but also pouring out that unconditional love. Like, I think sometimes that gets missed because, yeah, you get that hard love, but that unconditional love is like, yo, no matter how many times you slip up, no matter how many times you fall, bro, I'm here. I'm here. Like, I'm I'm going to grab like I'm going to help you because at the end of the day, like even when you're discipling others, you're still going to fall like you still like you're still susceptible to getting smacked up like you're still susceptible, susceptible to like having like spiritual uh apathy basically where you know you you don't have the time where you you replace your time that you did have with god and you replace it with other things and sometimes that's tough because life hits hits us all and imagine trying to disciple others while you're going through through that mess like your own mess and there's a couple of things that i wrote because like you you said something about um, feeling qualified, Nick. And honestly, bro, like the thing about that is that God doesn't call the qualified. No, he, the qualified isn't called. God qualifies the called. You know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> you know, so the thing is with that is like, if we're humble and we're acceptable, like you said it while I think, you know, being, being obedient 
is key, but also being available, right? Uh, we was, I was talking to one of the guys today. So it's crazy because, yeah, we did go get an opportunity to hear uh, Dr. Tony Evans. But if y'all only knew the conversations that I had earlier today leading up to that, and it's like everything this man spit during the service was the conversation that I had with, you know, another leader. And he was talking and all, and as we were talking, so like when I dipped from y'all earlier today, it's because we sat and had a one-on-one. And then that one-on-one, he's like, man, I just don't know. Like there's so many places I'm getting pulled. I'm getting pulled, but I, how do I know? And I'm like, you got to take the limit off God. God can do it, but the minute you start or we start thinking like, you know what? I'm doing this in my own strength, bro. We cannot do it in our own strength. Discipleship is not us. There's no coincidence the the 12 disciples that, that Jesus picked, all of them, all the way down to Judas. Like, and even with that, a lot of people got something to say bad about Judas. I'm like, bro, Jesus doesn't die for our sins if Judas doesn't do what he does. So you can say this, but I'm like, yo, I rather be able to to pray and ask God for my forgiveness than cut a, a calf and find and find a goat and go through all those different rituals. But sorry, sidetrack back to to like discipleship is just like understanding that we it's a level of our heart posture. It's a level of stewardship. Right. How do we steward what's in front of us? I think the dopest thing that any one of us have is our testimony, right? Because that allows us to see the people and to see the one, to see the loss. We're like, yo, I know exactly where you are. Let me meet you there. It's a lot easier for us to to have more empathy towards them, to love on them. Because like, like you said, like we might not have had people when we were in those positions love on us that way. And then God probably aligned or God aligned those people to come into our lives. So I'm just going to get to the scripture real quick because it's uh, Acts 2, I think it's 40. I got it written down right here. Acts 2, 42. And it's basically what discipleship should look like, right? So they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and teaching into the fellowship. To the breaking of bread and the prayer. That's the NIV version. But in, in layman's terms, like, bro, like, we do that. The, those different signs. And I think when last time we read the scripture together, I was like, yo, we do almost everything. Like, we break bread together. We we sit, we talk, we break down the word together. I was like, dang. But we don't pray together like that. Like, we could. Like, our prayers are just, like, when we're linking up together. But it's like, yo, that's that challenge. Because it's always looking for a way to level up a way to disciple because I mean, granted, like we all have the opportunity to, to pour into the next generation and some, and some facet, you know what I mean? Like we know what they're going to see, but the kids nowadays are seeing things 10 times worse than the way we saw them. Right. They have everything in front of them. So it's like, how do we disciple the students? Like how do we disciple the next generation and still try to stand firm and still try to stand tall because we going through the same battles, but we're going through them as adults and we're trying to, you know, one by one every day. Yo, I got this one battle. How do I take it? How do I stand firm on this? It's stand firm on the word and it's walking. It's actually walking it out. And a lot of times with discipleship, we get lost in the walking it out part because we're like, yo, the Bible says this. Dang, I 
definitely don't want to do that today. Like, I'm really not filling up with, you know, that today. So that's when you got to lean on your other, your other, your community. And I feel like that's the other part that you mentioned serving Nick too is like the thing about serving is our heart posture. Like, the, are we truly serving for the right reasons? Are we serving to be served? And that goes back to discipleship. Like, are you discipling so I can say, oh, if that person makes it here, yeah, I'm the person that did it. Like, nah, you didn't do nothing. God aligned you to put you in that person's life. God used you. That's about it. That's the all you can do is, like, be a vessel for God to to help expand his kingdom. That's a lot of responsibility, but, you know, Jesus died for us. Imagine having that responsibility and then still, you know, having knowing that we were going to mess up, knowing that we was just going to be like, we were going to be fools. Like every single one of us have moments where we can go back and be like, dang, I was definitely a fool for that. But it's instead of sitting in that, it's like, you know what? Yeah, I was that, but I'm not that now. This is who I am. God has changed me. God's done this. God's done that. We can walk through a list. Even in my own testimony, I know I can walk through it. You know, so it's just standing firm on your testimony because your testimony is your biggest form of discipleship. No, that's fine, man. Pastor Ralph out here snapping, boy. <laughs> um, nah, man, that's uh, that's uh, that's really good. You know, I uh, t- talking about like having it be, you know. God's the one doing it through us, you know what I'm saying, is, I don't know, I think it's a big thing that I've been, I've been talking about it a lot, you know, C.S. Lewis, <laughs> I'm probably done with C.S. Lewis, but, uh, nah, but on, on like a real note, like, uh, I, I've had to come to realize that everything that good that happens through me is because the spirit that dwells in me, you know, and I think, like, how we're talking about, like, why not the disciple, right, like, when my own ego and my own selfishness comes in the way from me discipling somebody, like, where does that really come from? And when, you know, I read scripture, it's like, I see Paul and, and, uh, Peter, right? Like the two, two big main people discipling, right? After Jesus resurrects, you know, like they're discipling to everybody, you know, like everybody they come across the spirits, pushing them into places they don't want to go. You know, there's nothing pleasant about it. It's like, uh, you know, and that's literally how Paul describes it. Is like the Holy Spirit was forcing him into place. Like he was forcing him. I can't remember where he was being, where he was trying to get him to go, but it was forcing him into an, a place. It was it Jerusalem at the end? Yeah, at the end, in the end of Acts, right? Like the the Holy Spirit. I think so. I read the end of Acts, and you can see for sure. But I think it was Jerusalem. Like it was, he says, it's like forcing him into into Jerusalem he doesn't want to go there right but there's there's work that has to be done there right that God wants to have done you know and um and that's that's really I don't know like really something that I see is because it's really their faith you know if I truly believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for my sins and that that's accessible to every single person on this earth and that the opposite answer to that salvation is eternity in hell where it talks when you really read about hell, it's it's like the gnashing of teeth. Can you, can you just imagine gnashing your teeth down? It says they get no rest. They never sleep. They're constantly just tired. You know, they're they're like, it's the ultimate, right? The ultimate punishment, right, is hell. And that's, that's the opposite 
that's the only other you got two options it's either heaven or hell and if my only way to heaven is through jesus christ why would i not want to share that with every person that i can you know whether they receive it or not and if i and really what it comes down to is that do i truly believe because i know for me i question my salvation all the time dude you know i'm like do i and it's not that i don't think jesus christ died on that cross it's more that do i really have the holy spirit in me you know, I, I do question that sometimes. Like, do I really have the Holy Spirit, right? And when I get deep into prayer, I, I try to look at the fruit where my heart, talk about heart posture, that's fire heart posture. You said it last week, bro. That's, I, I love that. That's that's dope, right? But to see my fruit and everything, to really know is, is Christ dwelling in me or not, you know? Like, uh, and then if so, right, then I'm I'm saved, right? And once the Spirit's in there, it's never going to leave, you know? Um. But, like, if I really have that faith and that true belief that I am going to be going to heaven, right, I should try to get, you know, try to share that message to as many people as possible so that at least I can say that I tried, right? That when I am when I am in heaven glorifying God, right, and the people, you know, how bad would that feel if I know that somebody I could have discipled to, you know, is burning in hell just because you know, I decided I don't want to disciple that person because I feel smaller, you know, feel some type of way about it, you know, which I won't necessarily, I don't necessarily believe that I have that much power that I can condemn someone like that. So I won't say it's necessarily like that, but definitely, you know, going around and sharing that message to everybody. Who is that? Shout out TC. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah, I'm past that thing though. Wally. Hey, yo, you like jazz? <laughs> no, man, I just think, you know, it's hard, too, because there are a lot of people that might turn down discipleship because past judgment they've received from people that are so-called believers, so-called Christians, you know, that have been in the church and had a place of power, but then not use that power to, you know, spread the love, but they try to condemn that person, you know, by saying they're living in a impure way that they're they're living wrong and that because of their actions they're going to go to hell and that's not at all what we're called to do bro like we're not we're not called to judge the people that are outside of the church we're we're called to bring them into the church and love them until they get to know jesus and then jesus is going to love them every step of the way you know as long as we're being obedient to what he's called us to you know and i was talking to some people last night and man it just it just hurt my heart bro because they had personally felt that judgment and it completely turned them away from god and that had some like really really dark effects in their life you know like a lot of them were saying like yeah i grew up in the church and um but because of the way i was living you know like some of them were gay some of them were drug addicts some of them they all had different stories but they uh they were like i completely shut out god i, I decided you know what if there's this god up there that's just gonna send me to hell because of how i'm living like i don't want nothing to do with them and that wasn't anything god did to them that was literally just people misusing their their power you know they're they're in the church and they're and they're they're judging these people and they're pushing them away instead of loving them you know but we're not called to that bro we're called to love everybody you know like literally we talk about every week bro god has given us two of his greatest commands is to seek him with all our heart and also to love others as we would want to be loved you know and if we're really seeking him and we're really loving people we're not going to be out here judging we're going to be discipling you know every chance we get we're going to be spreading that love that was so freely given to us because if if there was a qualification that could get us into heaven like i'll be in hell right now i'm pretty sure all of us would because we're all sinners you know what i'm saying and like it says in his book the wage of sin is death so if we're sinners and the wage of sin is death are we going to heaven no we're going to hell but jesus came 
and dive for it so that wouldn't be the the option you know and that just takes me to a, a part in axe and it was axe is fire bro so definitely definitely hop into that hold on my page turn let me find it real quick hey boy what was it at hold on loading Mm, here we go, here we go. <laughs> Alright, so it was in it was in Acts ten and it's basically like Peter had this vision and he kinda he kinda questioned God. He was like like God laid a, this stuff out in front of him and he was like, God, why would I why would I touch that? You know, it's 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 impure, it's unclean. Um but then he gets called by this dude Cornelius. Cornelius had the the Holy Spirit or an angel tell him like to bring to bring Peter to to his home and so when he brought him there Cornelius instantly dropped down on his on his knees and started praising Peter like he was God or something but Peter told him like no bro I am not God you know what I'm saying like get up off your knees don't praise me don't worship me worship God you know what I'm saying and that's where we get it twisted sometimes as we're trying to disciple people we could be overrun with the power and use it in the wrong way and truly like if our heart's not in the right place, we might try to glorify ourselves, you know. But Peter shut that down real quick, and he opened his heart and opened his mind and let the Holy Spirit flow. And, and he said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. So literally, like, Peter was just saying, like, like God's love is available to everybody, you know. Like, God does not, does not what is it? God does, it's not judge. What's that word I'm looking for? Discriminate? God doesn't discriminate. You know what I'm saying? Whatever we're walking through, he wants to know us. And he wants to walk through that with us and carry us. And he wants to love us through our struggles and our trials, you know? And I feel like so many people might just think they're too far gone for God. But then it goes on to say, like, um, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So simply because some followers of Christ... We're being obedient and doing what they're taught to do, which is speak the name of Jesus. Others who were in no way qualified have now came into a relationship with God. And, and just for some little context, like the Gentiles is us, bro. We're, we're the Gentiles. The Gentiles are the sinners. They don't really know God. They don't really have a relationship with God. So when we come into it, we're in the place of the Gentile. And only through the Holy Spirit can we then become accepted into his kingdom. And the only way we get the Holy Spirit is by accepting Jesus. So once we, we, you know what I'm saying, spread that love of Jesus, other people get get a little taste of him, and they start to seek him on their own. And then they call on him, and they truly accept him into their heart, and now they have access to the Holy Spirit. So that's simply the only thing you have to do. That's the only qualification you need to do to be a disciple. It doesn't matter if you accepted Jesus today or if you accepted him 30 years ago, bro. We're all in the same place in God's book. So don't ever think you're you're too far gone or you're underqualified to walk out the faith and walk out the purpose that God has called you to. Now, <laughs> now I want to, like, Chris, you said something about the fruits, right? And then that's when it hit me, like, at the end of the day, if you take care of your garden, right? The fruits of the spirit, Galatians 5, <clears throat> Galatians 5, 22, right? So if you take care of your garden and you're constantly working on your fruits, it's easy to give those fruits away. 
right? Nobody's going to go to your garden if all it is is weeds, right? So when you look at the difference between fruits of the flesh and fr fruits of the spirit, because that's what I always call them, fruits of the flesh, is like, hey, that's nothing but weeds. And what happens with weeds? You think you cut off the top, and two weeks later, jokers grow back up again, right? And, you, and you're dealing with them until you get to the root. The only way to deal with the root is as we continue to work in our garden, right? We start working on those different fruits. You might have, your garden might be filled with joy, but not all like any of the other fruits, right? But it's that progress. Like you talked about, it's progress, not perfection. You're not, you might not have an abundance of all those fruits because you're going to be tested. You're going to be tried in other areas. We all have different areas where we're strong and we all have different areas where we're, where we're weak right so if our garden if we if we constantly are producing certain types of fruits in our garden it's easy to give those fruits away to others because what happens because those fruits have to be taken off if those fruits if you don't prune those fruits at the right time when they're right what happens they spoil and if they spoil you'll notice that you're starting to see all the things that like you're starting to see all the the fruits of the flesh that I call them, which is proceeds uh, Galatians five twenty two, which is the fruits of the spirit. So, like when you said that, I was like, dang, that's crazy. Like, how often are we when, when we talk discipleship? Is like, how often? My bad. Shout out TC. <laughs> but the <laughs> the question is, is like, how often are we taking care of the garden? Right. How often are we giving that to God? And a lot of times giving our garden is just planting a seed and watering it and giving the rest to God and be in peace. I mean, that's fire, bro. The fruits are important. That kind of Holy Spirit just put something in my brain. You know, while he was touching on it earlier, you know, he was, uh, you know, around people and they saw a change in him, you know, when. When Wally was producing his fruits of the flesh for so long and he was with people who also produced fruit of the flesh for so long, when he finally started producing fruits of the spirit, they saw that difference in you, you know what I'm saying? So when you got a lot of people around you that are so used to not only their fruit of their flesh, but also your fruit of your flesh, when you start producing fruit of the spirit, sorry, there's a lot of fruit. But, you know, when you start making that change in your life, people are going to notice it and say, hey, yo, like, where is that coming from? You know, like, I want a little I want some of that, you know, so it's not always you going out and just, you know, thinking, OK, I got to hit this person, this one, this one, this one, you know, overthinking it. People are going to gravitate towards you when you got the spirit in you and you're producing that fruit. And uh, even though I'm saying that, like for me personally, the hardest people for me to disciple is the people around me that I've known for so long. It's, you know, it's it's rough. Like, it's, it's hard for me to do, just talk about stuff, especially when they've seen my old self, you know, and now they're seeing my new self. And, you know, a slight embarrassment is in it because I'm thinking about my old self, but I just know that's the enemy at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no point in thinking on that for too long and trying to bring you down and scare you away from having them tough conversations. You know, me and Chris and everybody was talking about tough love. That's that real tough love, you know, them people around you that you've known for so long. So. I definitely encourage y'all, you know, if you're starting out with discipleship, start with the people around you because if they truly care about you and they've known you for so long and they see that positive change, they're going to they're gonna want to know, like, where that came from. And that's a perfect way to start that uh, conversation. Yes, sir. Hold on. My bad. I got one more because 
I've been I just started reading this book called Ignite Your Life by Barry Maguire. And that's bro, it basically breaks down or starts to break down the difference between discipleship and evangelism. Cause there is a difference, right? But when he when it was talking about discipleship and you brought it up too, that's where it really hit me to just circle back with it is the joy. Right? Our joy for what our joy is more important, right? Our joy is what's going to attract other people to be like, yo, I know old you was depressed. Old you was going through stuff. I saw you, you were running to these things. And now like you seem more confident. What's in it? Like, what are you doing? Like, what's that new thing? And a lot of times it's not that the old people relate to the old version of you. It's just that that version of you made them comfortable. The new version of you makes them uncomfortable because that now holds them accountable. And that's the problem for them sometimes. And it's not necessarily a problem because if we look at problems as problems versus of looking at those problems as opportunities, that's opportunities for God to to open up the door. Right. That's opportunity for God to make a connection. A lot of times when it comes down to not just discipleship, but it's being open to making just the connection. And sometimes it's just planting that seed. Yo, God loves you. I'm not going to force the conversation on you. God loves you. God loves you. But when God puts it on my heart to talk, all right, we're going to have that talk. But a lot of times because we love our family, because we love our friends, we're quick to be like, yo, you need this. You need this. You need this. And all we're doing is drawing them away because there's you got to remember, like, like what's in them, that spirit that that's in them is going to be against everything that we have. So it's really just helping them build the wall up. Right. And uh, as long as we meet them with grace, we meet them with love and we meet them, you know, like, hey, you know, I've, I've been where you were, we were at. So because of that, I, I could sit right next to you while you, if that's what you want to do, I'm going to sit right next to you and still love you. Whether you reject me or not, I'm still going to love you. And at the end of the day, God loves you more than I love you. So if I'm willing to stand with you in your mess, imagine what God is willing to do. God stood with me. He's going to stand with you. Right. A lot of times that's the other side of discipleship is everybody wants to push the church. Yeah. Some there are people in the church that I call them the old school, but it's they build up these these characteristics of what a christian quote-unquote christian is supposed to look like the dopest i keep saying dope but like the dopest thing is we're all five different people from five (laughs) from five different walks of life that this is what heaven would look like you know what i mean like heaven's gonna look like a bunch of different people praising singing hallelujah right and just giving god all the glory you know what i mean a lot of times people get lost in that because they're like, nah, you need to be like this. You need to be like this. And you're like, at what point was Jesus like structured? Like Jesus didn't go in the building like that. And the one time he did, what did he do? He flipped tables. So at the end of the day, like, do you want me to walk in? Cause we want to be like Christ, right? We want to be a mirror of Christ. So do you want me to walk in the building and start flipping tables? Or do you want me to just go ahead and start loving the people that you're choosing to reject? Like at the end of the day, if, if people knew all of our passes, what do you think they do? They turn their backs. And it's like, nah, God never turned his back on neither one of us. So because of that, it's like, 
I can go, we can go anywhere and just give people love for who they are. And that, that discipleship, that's all it is, is meet people where they are. That curiosity, eventually you're going to get curiosity. Eventually the walls are going to break. And when those walls break, hey, are you equipped? A lot of times we want to disciple, but we're not equipped to disciple. Right. There's leaders that want to be leaders. They want the title, but they're and they feel entitled to something when they have when they're when they're when they have that title. And it's like, nah, the only thing that you're entitled to as a leader is suffering. Right. Like you, your job is to serve our job as leaders, our job is if we're going to if we're going to be disciples, our job is to literally serve and, and bring in more. Right. Like that's what it is. So we can't get it twisted. We can't let other leaders get it twisted. And it's less about us and it's more about others. So how can we bring those other people together? So that's the biggest challenge. This is, uh, we're about to wrap it up here. <coughs> uh, a lot of black and mouths tonight. But, uh, no, nah, just on the topic of love, um, you know, Tough love specifically, because we didn't really talk about tough love so much. That was kind of the plan to start with. But, uh, you know, I think the spirit led us more into just really getting deep into talking about discipleship. That must have been what God knows who's listening. So, but just one thing that came up just because it got brought up again. Tough love, all it is is the truth, you know. It's not anger and rage and someone yelling at you and telling you this, that, and the third. is. It's truth, and the reason truth is tough love is because the truth hurts every single time, you know. And I think it's hard, especially with the generation we got today. It's, it's a bunch of soft, you know, a lot of soft people, right? And when you tell them the truth, they run away. You know, they can't take it. For me, though, it's like, I don't know, I, I needed to surround myself with people who are going to tell me the truth, you know. Um, there's this dude, he says, like, he says, uh, you know, I got people in my life who know when to break me down and when to build me back up, right? When I'm flying too high and it's unreal and they need to pull me back down to earth or, or when I'm just way too low in that self-pity and they need to pull me back up, you know? I need people to tell me, right, like when I'm doing the wrong thing, right? Like if you've ever read scripture and you felt some type of way, not in a good way, but in a bad way, because you're reading everything that you're not supposed to be doing that you're doing is because you're reading the truth, you know, and the importance of having people around me is because I can't open up that Bible all the time and get exactly to a scripture where it's correlating directly to my situation. But I can usually talk to someone who knows that scripture real well or who's been in the church for longer than I have, who's been doing this thing for a while, and they can very quickly speak truth to me about what's going on in my life. You know, it's hard to see, I think, from the inside, right? how things really are, but from an outside perspective, someone outside my brain and my situation, they can really easily point to me the things, you know, but if I'm just around a bunch of people who are going to feed me and, and tell me like, oh, you're fine, you're doing fine, right, like it's all good, you know, nothing's the matter, right, and that's the thing, you know, I'm going to cling to that and I'm going to think I'm fine, right, I need people to tell me like, this is an area you need to grow in, right, I need that tough love because all that does for me when someone tells me that, false that falsehood is it strains my relationship with christ but if i got people who know i'm not gonna like what they're saying right like i got people in my life who when they tell me things i don't like what they're saying to me but i need to hear it you know it's like the, the truth will set you free but at first it's gonna hurt and and that's and that's all tough love is right if someone's screaming at you telling you 
you know, if you something you struggle with is homosexuality and they're telling you, oh, you know, I don't know what would be crazy to say about that, but there's a way of doing it with tough love where it's just truth and it's because I really love you that I'm giving you this truth. And then there's another side of it where it's just hatred and an ego of like I'm better than you and you're you're beneath me, you know. And I think differentiating those things is really crucial, but also being strong enough to when you do hear the truth and you know it's truth to actually listen to it and follow it, you know. Yeah, it's super fire, bro. Yeah, and just on the topic of tough love, that's kind of what I was reading today, and it's in Second uh, Corinthians chapter seven, and and Paul was writing to the people of, of Corinth, and at first he's just loving them, he's lifting them up, and he's like, "Yo, y'all are killing it, bro. The way y'all love each other is so powerful, and the way that you love God is even greater, you know." But um, then he kind of he kind of gives them that tough love, and at first he's like, "At first, I, I regretted sending that letter, you know." Um, because it, it hurt you, it brought you sorrow. But then I realized that like that sorrow led to you repenting of your sins and that repentance is how we grow closer to God. You know, when we're, when we're in the sin, we're walking away from God. The repentance is the act of turning around, turning back to God and just being welcomed back into, like he never stopped loving us, but the minute we turn back to him, walk away from that sin and choose him, he's right there with his arms open. We just have to repent and turn to him to receive that, you know? And that's what it takes sometimes when you're discipling people. Like, there's going to be times when they don't like what you what you, you got to say to them, like Chris was saying. But that's so necessary in this walk of discipleship, you know? We're not just here to think it's all sunshine and rainbows. Like, no, there's going to be hard times, and I'm going to have to tell you some hard stuff. But just know, like, it's coming all from love, you know? And it's our job to have the right heart posture. So even in those hard talks, we are truly coming from a place of love, not getting our pride built up, not getting our ego built up, not thinking we're better than nobody because no, no one but Jesus is perfect, you know? Jesus was the only person, the only man to ever walk this earth to never sin. The rest of us are all in the same boat. We are all sinners. So if you're struggling with the sin, I would say the best thing you could do right now is is hear what we say and know that we love you and that all we want you to do is just turn to, turn back to God. Turn around. Turn away from the sin and choose God and see the life change that happens, you know? Um, so that's about all the time we got tonight. I'd love it if uh, my boy Pastor Ralph would pray us out. You got some? Got to read this before Pastor Rob prays out. But I pray that um whoever's listening, you know, this lit a fire under y'all and uh motivated y'all to start discipleship. But um I just wanted to read this. It's Luke 14, verses 28, 29, and 30. So it says, But don't begin until you count the cost. For oh yeah, and for some context, this is um the cost of being a disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. So basically, like, I just feel like this is, this is basically saying, you know, your head and your heart's got to be in the right spot before you can try and disciple other people. You know, you got to make sure... You're right before you can help other people get right. I just felt like I had to read that. Yes, sir. That's crazy. I like when Nick prays. (laughs) 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 Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Father God.
Uh, once again, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. We thank you for your opportunity to bring us all together today, Father God. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to be on a podcast, um, to sp spread your word, but dive deeper into discipleship and what that means, not just for us, but for the people who's here, Father God, listening. I ask you to touch the hearts of those that need, that, uh, that needs to hear this, that you want to hear this, Father God, that you open up those doors that open up further conversations. You draw the community closer. As you draw the community closer, we, we go out and, and seek to be more uh, disciples, Father God. Stand up um, in leadership positions, Father God, that not just in those positions, but that we will continue to seek the lost, continue to seek the one. Uh, continue to love on those, Father God, that uh, you give us the strength, Father God, and the courage to obey, Father God, to be obedient in where you want us to go and and where you need us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, we just want to shout out everyone that has tuned into the podcast, that has gave us feedback, showed us love. Man, we just hope that you would continue to share this podcast in the hopes that it would reach someone that feels lost, that feels that they may not know God. Our goal here is just to bring people closer to God and show them that they are loved and that they have a purpose.